All right, welcome in here, family around the world, to a locker room special from the Matt and Todd Show. Thank you guys for stopping by. We got several topics we want to talk about tonight, but first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming by. Remember, hit the subscribe button right over there in the corner. You can see our little logo there. Just go ahead and hit that, and that'll take care of that, and we would surely really do it. Uh, we've really grown a lot here in the past, gosh, just in the last six months alone, it's just been wild and crazy, and we're very much appreciative for that. So um, be glad to comment down there and give me your thoughts on any of this uh, information that we got coming. So basically, I guess you can kind of see from from the thumbnail there on YouTube and, and Facebook, you can kind of see what all this is kind of about. Uh, it's not a secret to what's going on in the college football world. There's just too many chiefs and not enough Indians, literally. Um, you know, the old saying is, I guess, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, in this case, if you can't beat them, you just go out and you just buy them. That's basically kind of the way that this is being handled. Um, I guess, you know, the first king of the castle and the guy that's probably going to be the next guy up to handle the business for the SEC is probably going to be Kirby Smart. Uh, being that he is a two-time national champion, he's only been there for five, six years or so now, you know, you'd probably expect him to be able to take over the conference and um, probably have a, a good run at it. Also, Lane Kiffin's going to be somebody to talk about. Brian Kelly, LSU, uh, you know, that's somebody to come in. He won the West his first year in. And also Texas coming in. Uh, Sark is definitely – he's one of the great – play callers so um, right now i would say this here's some of the topics and listings and we're going to talk about uh, some of the players and that stuff uh, leaving alabama i think they're up to about 25 now i think there's about six starters i think five starters uh from proctor one of the linemen he just left here um just just a couple hours ago and of course um Roy Dell Williams, uh, he took off to Florida State. Kite and also Amos, there's some uh, some D-backs. And, of course, our, we had some receivers uh, head out. That they didn't get a lot, a lot of playing time, but I did like them. I really did like Benson. Enjoyed watching him in the spring playing ball. Uh, man, Dean got to go down there and check them out. Uh, right now, honestly, with college football and, you know, you're basically, it's just a bunch of hired guns. If you like Old West movie shootouts, it's the wild, wild west of college football. Things that we understood football to be and things that they brought to um, young men around the country of hard work and being responsible and putting in the time with your team. Uh, you still do have to work hard. And the, I mean, you know, if you're a good player and you really want to be that other level player, then you're going to have to, you know, work hard and put in that extra time. But, you know, it's just the whole idea that money's just going to kind of have, have, buy, have bought it out. So all these teams are going to go out and to really try to, you know, win one for the program – and uh, we'll say we'll use we'll just use Florida State for example. I think they got three players uh, from from Bama. You know they wasn't recruited by Florida State, and they've just kind of took off and left the ship. And 
Yeah, it's really just for money. It really is. And that's just basically what it is. Um, there's nothing, I mean, there's no other ways you can kind of cut it up. Um, IB, he had opportunities with the paintings that they do at Alabama, uh, the Iron Bowl game where he made that touchdown that's going to have a painting, you know, the grave digger, him making that catch. Well, those things will no longer uh, be, he won't have any royalties that he will gain from any of that anymore. And those type of things are things, money that could carry him on, you know, for some period of time. Well, that's no longer going to be available. To him, he feels like that Lamborghini, which is leased to the college, it's not his car. Now, it's not like he's going to, he probably can't, leave the state, which, I mean, it's a three-day drive across Texas, probably wouldn't want to anyway. So it don't belong to him. These players that get these cars and that type of stuff, they belong to the college, and they're leased and insured through local dealerships. As long as you're a student there, a student athlete, then you can drive the car around there insured through them. Those are some things that, that maybe you ought to know up front. Um, for young guys coming in, to college and coming out of high school it's this is not good at all it's just not so here's some advice i would suggest as i'd seen on uh, a media platform from some men that are involved closely more closely with high school football recruiting than i am you know these guys actually set up uh, things with young men uh, to work towards getting to a college if you have an offer from a d2 take it a small 1% chance of anybody from any high school is probably going to play D1. And we know that because a coach at a college is going to take a kid from another school that's had a year or more playing experience at D1 level. He's going to take them over a kid out of high school. Not unless it was just some crazy way, way different level of, you know, uh, just if he's just really that good, I guess. So advice go out there for them for that. Definitely take the D2. Take those offers and work your way in and build up, you know, to a, a D1 level. And then you can transfer. That's the popular thing. That's that's what everybody's doing now. So that's what you want to do. That's going to be the best way to handle that from, from now on. Uh, let's see. Uh Womack, we know he's going to be hired in as the – he's the, going to be the defensive coach. He comes from South Alabama, has a pretty good winning record. He's pretty well known uh, through the state. I think a lot of the players um, – a lot of the players know him. He's probably recruited probably recruited some of them. So I think you have a pretty good relationship with the players. For ones that's got the guts to go sit down with him and talk to him, that would probably be um, the best thing. And two um, – Mr. Marcerius Linguist, he's going to be the D-backs coach, comes from the Buffalo Bulls football team. He's 39. He's from Dallas, Texas. He's been there for about three years. Um, looks like he had a stint at Mississippi State in 2016 and 18 and 19. He was uh, at A&M doing the same type of job. And he he'd stepped out and worked. Uh, Jerry Jones come and got him from A&M. So in 2020, he was D-backs coach at Dallas Cowboys. He played at uh, Mesquite High School, which is a, a pretty big high school out there in Texas. And I think he played for their their high school state championship, and he was all region or however they call it, you know, out there. He was also uh, – he played at Baylor uh, college-wise. So he was a 
all Big 12 player at Baylor. So that's a little bit about Coach Linquist. He's going to be coaching the D-backs, 39 years old. Looking forward to seeing him get in there and get his hands dirty. Now, I have a video coming out about a, a little bit right after this one that's going to give some more names. And in the comments, it'll give some other um, new names. I had mentioned these two here. But some of the coaches that are that uh, Coach DeBoer is bringing with him. And also some more about Coach DeBoer. Um, it's good to see him at the basketball game. Stepped out on the court and just, uh, hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me on a big roll tide. It's good to see him out there doing a little PR. You got to do a little bit of that. Go spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes out there. And I heard some stuff on some podcasts and some other people talking heads that hey, he shouldn't have been at the basketball game. He should be recruiting and keeping all these players that are leaving. Well, maybe so. Um, I guess that's your opinion. You can think on that however you want to. However, he does need to go through the student body because being there um, and being seen is part of his job. It's, it's part of what he needs to do right now. Now, did Saban come out to all the games and do? No, of course he didn't, but he did it first. So that's what he's trying to do, trying to build a rapport there with the students at the college. Now, personally, I would like to see him put on an Alabama pullover. I think that would have been a good idea. I don't know why he didn't. I don't know why his wife or somebody didn't say something. You know, hey, you need to grab a Alabama pullover. I'm sure he has access to him. And, you know, in his defense a little bit, uh, I mean, he's just – he's hit the ground running, and he's trying to keep together what appeared to be a battleship – that is very war-torn uh, of Coach Saban being there for the years and years that he's been there, 17 years, win six championships there at Alabama. Wow, what a record. Um, nobody in college football anywhere will ever accomplish a goal to win six championships in 17 years. It's not going to happen anymore. And era of football has changed, and it's over in thinking of how you can just log up a team and load all the players up on it. And just go win a bunch of championships. I mean, if he didn't play for it, then they lost, you know, the championship. Um, so that whole ideology has kind of gone away. Now, here's the thing. I've never been really been against the NIL. And this is the part um, that I want to get into, some information that I was given. And I, I'm going to keep those people nameless because it's, it's just better that it is. So that way it keeps people from asking them more questions. And then maybe I don't get some information from them that I would like to have maybe later on again. So those people that I got from will remain nameless. Downs is leaving. It's crazy to me. Diamond Dean, good to see you on here. Yeah, I know, uh, Dean. It's uh, You don't want to hit the panic button on the on the battleship yet, but that's a, that's a pretty big loss because he's really a big leader of the defense. Even being a freshman – and people can say, well, he's not an All-American and he is just a freshman, but um, you know talent when you see it. And he's very, very talented. And he's going to make somebody a good defensive player and he'll make a difference somewhere. Now, um, to the heart of it, him, I don't know where his, where his heart is, um, but I know this. As from Intel, these players that are leaving, they were already planning to leave before Saban retired. And he says that he had a speech prepared to go either way and walk into the podium, that I believe that. 
But after what happened, it helped him write his his goodbye speech. And here's kind of how it went down. Coach Saban, along with other coaches, I'm sure around the nation, bring in financial advisors to their players. Because these players that are coming in, um, they're going to be handed a lot of money. And it's best for them to have somebody that maybe has their not only has their best intentions at heart, they have somebody that's with them, but to have information in their head to know of things that are upcoming. Now, when we talked about NILs being approved back last year, me and Burge broke that down in Georgia for the high school, and it's coming here to Alabama soon. So there's a thing called the IRS. And the IRS likes to get what they what is theirs. And they think that they should have a percentage of your money whether you earn it or work for it or whatever, they use that money to go towards all types of things. So anything that you're gained, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. Now, in some situations with some young people in all sports, this don't just involve football. This is any sports. Given any kind of NIL money, you're going to have to pay taxes on that. Now, here's another thing. Also with some of those players, um, their background that they come from, they come from Section 8 housing and they come from, you know, having food stamps and those type of things. Well, those things are gained through being low income and there's a stipulation of money that you're required that you can't make over a certain amount or you don't qualify. So when that money hits your bank account and if your name is on the Section 8 housing that some of your family lives at or your food stamps and things that you're um, qualified for by your money, then those things are going to go away. So one, those players did not want those things to go away. That caused a problem. I'm just telling you, now this is what I was told. And things were talked about in the room and they try to figure things out and, you know, and do what's best for the players. That was a problem. Now back to the IRS. Now, when the kids come back to school, that's why Saban had announced the day that he did, because that's when the kids will be back that week and he'd better have them all there. Well, while the others, they're going to the draft, I think there's six or eight kids are going to the draft or so. So those kids were going to be on to draft advisory board and meetings and stuff because they're finished school, graduated, and they're moving on to the NFL. So um, now they didn't want to pay the taxes. So they were told these things before, before, before the Rose Bowl. And then after the game and everybody gets back on campus and then they're bringing them back in and it's like, okay, you know, here's, if you got a $250,000 or $400,000 and uh, Caleb Downs supposedly was around the $750,000 mark, there's a amount of taxes you're going to have to pay for that. Now, after they went back, 18 of them, these guys, and said, we're not going to pay those taxes. We'll just do it next year. So these financial people that Saban had brought in to give them some advice on things, um, you know, there's a problem. So um, coaches at other colleges, and you can't really say which ones because those are – That'd just be a rumor or maybe even an opinion. But you can tell where the players are going, okay? You can see where they go, especially where a couple of them went. Uh, several went to one college. Those colleges said that they would pay the tax and that 
they would be able to get the same amount of money or whatever or a little bit more and they could keep all that money and not have to pay they would the college would eat the tax costs if it's you know 10 grand we'll cover that tax cost and you can keep all all your check and money from the stipulation from their grants or scholarships and things the money that comes into them after all their classes and books are paid for so uh it's just it's just is what it is i guess it's not it's not what you want to hear and it's how the sport is going to be now and you know being alabama and being able to sell the idea of the things that saban built the the university on a mission statement that he had made and you can go find his book he writ, uh, wrote back i don't know 10 12 14 well it's Right about the time, I don't know if he's even at Bama yet. No, he hadn't even took the Bama job. He wrote this book, and it was right about during that time. Really good book. He talks about a mission statement uh, of him. Yes, yeah, so he would have been at Bama. Anyway, it's not important. It's a good book, and it gives the idea of what he wanted and how he wanted things to be done and what he expected from his coaches and his players. Now, we all know uh, the ending part and the success. As the sun went down, we can look back and see his accomplishments. Well, and, and the idea that you could go play pro football because you come from Alabama and, and that name being on the resume give the NFL coaches highlight of, well, you know, earlier back in the first 10 or 12 years he was there, um, the players are going to work hard. They're going to have good workout routines. They're going to be on a good um, time schedule to know where to be, when to be. You know, they're not late. They do things the right way. And it's just an easy translation from college right over uh, to the NFL. Now, there's other schools that also do the same thing, but we're just talking about Alabama here. So as those things were, were done, now as the years go by, now you can tell, you know, after Coach Cochran left and Kirby left, uh, a big part of Bama left with Kirby. He's a great recruiter. And him and Saban had been friends since before LSU, uh, right during that, right after LSU, right during that time, and so he's taking those things to George with him, which a lot of coaches that are all over the country have taken a little piece of that and and involved it in their system, you know, as well as Dan Lanning's to uh, to, to Lane Kiffin's and to Sark, and you see all those teams are being very successful. But the things that you need to know are, um, you know, it's just the things that's different now. Uh, kids don't, are not going to really care about, they don't want to hear about the process. They don't care why you hold up four fingers in the fourth quarter. They think you just do it because it's the fourth quarter. You know, they actually had a saying and meaning behind, you know, each part of being a team and, and people sticking together because you were really a team. And when you have players like Bond that leave, you know, like that because of, a, you know, another $200,000 added to his account or him to get to a scooter around in a Lamborghini on campus, there's no respect between the players. It's kind of a slap in the face to Milrow for any of these receivers to leave because they're foolish to think that, I mean, if they've watched any kind of college football this year, they would see that Groove and Coach DeBoer are highly functional, offensive, 
guys that are going to throw the ball when both their tailbacks run for a thousand yards. And he knows how to work an offensive line because they did win award for having the best offensive line in the country. Now they run up against the best defense in the country of a bunch of older, a uh, bunch of older guys with Michigan that Harbaugh have been building this team for years, five, six years. He's been working on this and especially really closely and hardly the past three or four years because um, Harbaugh got a blueprint of how you do it. So I just think it's really foolish for these guys to run off so quick and not, not even sit down and, and ask, you know, how do I fit into your offense? Nice to meet you. You know, um, like Benson. Benson could have stayed and been a huge part of the Alabama offense. But these guys uh, wanted to be able to keep all their money, and they were not in favor of having to pay taxes on this. And unfortunately, when they get to the league, they're going to have to pay taxes. Not only that, but each state that you travel to, when you play in a different state, you have to pay taxes for that each state also. When you're in the NFL, uh, Pat Manning talked about it years ago. After right after he left the Colts, so there's all kind of taxes and all kind of money moving around. But when you take a kid that's you know never had a whole lot, and then they do, and the choices go from you know having eight TV dinners to uh, peanut butter jelly sandwiches, and you know their their parents or grandparents, you know, living in old apartments and areas of, of communities that are not probably the safest, you know, they're quick to want to move them out. And I understand that completely. I completely understand. But you're going to have enough money that you've just been handed, plus that stamp, you know, to know that you played at the University of Alabama. But those things that used to mean something – they don't mean anything anymore at any college. I mean, there's just no reason to for a kid to have any loyalty to a program because it says in the banner under my name, it's what that is. It's no different than Mad Dog Carter and his group of men being paid, you know, one gold piece by each to go out and hunt down somebody. You're just a hired gun. That's all the college players are really going to be. They're going to be hired guns. They're going to stay there to school. They're going to go out and play the games on Saturday. And they'll make friends, I guess, with people there on campus. But, um, you know, for guys that you've come in with and worked with over the past couple of summers, maybe, uh, Caleb Downs only been there a year. So all the guys that you've worked with and the work that you put in and learning that system, you just walk away from it, you know. You just walk away from it for what reason, you know? And IB said that, you know, it's a business decision to create value for itself. I don't think there's any more value at Texas than there's in Alabama. So what is he really talking about? He said to create more value. And value means money. Money. For more money and him get to bump around, like I said, it's on his Twitter page. I'm not spreading rumors. He's driving around in a Lamborghini. And I'm pretty sure that Colorado had a Rolls Royce. They say that it was Shador's, but I've been told that that's not really his car, that it's a lease to the college, and that players drive the cars around town and whatnot. And they're insured and taken care of. That's what it is. You get to come in, take a picture with the car, 
and you get to drive this car around campus and you get a nice check. So if just to have more money is the only thing that's really important to you, then I don't know. I, I would assume that you'd have some type of character to know that maybe when you got older that you would think maybe I didn't do the right thing because I leave people hanging. But um, as it began with Oklahoma and Texas coming to the league, um, if you can't beat them, join them. So that's what they've done, and that's what these other colleges are going to do. You know, they're going to start dropping away from the ACC slowly but surely, and the Big Ten and the ACC will – maybe the Big 12 can hang on. Uh, we'll have a, a trifecta, I guess, of conferences, and I guess at some point we'll just have – we'll just have legitimate free agency to where uh, you'll sign a contract – and that's the only way really to keep these guys to play in these bowl games. You're going to have to sign contracts. So, again, the information comes right from an ex-coach that was at Alabama that still is in communications with Saban, and this was his words, and Coach Saban was PO'd highly, very upset, not cry upset, mad, at the answers that he got back from the kids that he told to send this financial advisors to, to give them advice, and they come back to him with that, that's what you come back to me with? It's not enough? Guys, I don't – there's no first-team All-American. Who are we talking to? I mean, just because – here's the thing. Like, you know, if you think that just being at Bama, just wearing that uniform is going to make you something, it don't. Because it means something – it was a, it used to mean something more to where it was a team. And when you knew when they all come out and when they all play together, if they didn't beat themselves like they did this year a couple of times, ain't nobody beating them. And Saban can see the writing on the wall. I, I, I just – he said, I'm too old for this crap. And the SEC came to Kirby, you know, on a live mic. Um, you know, to where he could sit down in a room and talk with a young man like we're talking right here and explain things rationally and give him reason and logic of, hey, this was your grade, IB. This is your grade. Here's why you shouldn't go pro. You need to stay and play another year. The same way that Cam Ward got a grade, I'm sure, from some pro guys. He decided, well, I'll go to Miami then, and I'll play another year, show my skills, and bump my draft stock up a little bit higher to uh, – late first round to maybe a mid first round guy. So he's going to stay another year. And when the quarterback is coming out next year, I guess um, that's probably a good decision because with Daniels and Kate and Williams coming out, you got two Heisman guys right there, you know, really close. And of course, day and these other guys that are coming out too. So it would be, you know, more prestigious for him to stay and work through things, but for like IB and um, like Prockner, I mean, you know, the lineman to leave, and, you know, the right tackle, our guys, you know, they swap some left tackles around. And he gets destroyed um, by the Jenkins kid, the, the mutant, the guy they called at Michigan, the mutant. He blows him up in the play to Jalen. That's why Jalen didn't die, but he got knocked down. He got beat by his own right tackle. He got blowed up into him. Now, if some of those that, those are the guys that are wanting to head out, the center's already left, and, you know, I guess what you're going to wind up with is you'll wind up with some guys that really want to 
you know, play football in Alabama and believe and still believe in the brand because it has to mean something. You know, whether you play at Indiana, Illinois, or you play at Notre Dame or USC, the brand has to mean something. But people moving all around somewhere, does it level the playing field? Well, I guess, but everybody don't have the same money. Kids can't go to play at Louisiana the same way they can play at LSU, at Louisiana State. It's different because there's different money. So it's it's not really all the same. So, you know, uh, those are some new coaches, and there'll be a video out here in a little bit. It's just about a 10, 12-minute spot, and we talk about some of the other coaches that's been added to. And Coach Calhoun, you know, the GM, he's said to be, a uh, really good guy can really go into the cities and talk to the kids and the kids really respect him and listen to him. Uh, so that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and also I uh, heard some griping today on the old X world that um, coach DeBoer is, you know, offering guys from California instead of offering guys here in his own state. Now those people that are saying that I'm not sure if they keep up with, you know, the 24 seven sports rivals.com. So if you, if you think that I would suggest that you go and look in rivals.com and 24 seven and see where the best of the best in the nation play and just get a good idea of where they come from and then see um, if you still think that. So there's a, there's just going to be nice there. There's going to be people that have bad stuff to say because you got these kids leaving but what I'm telling you is, if you're a fan, you're a fan. And I've been a fan from back when they, they won five, six games a year to we had undefeated season and beat everybody. But what I'm saying is those that time is done in college football. I just – because it's going to be more spread out. You know, you, you don't see as – like last year was, was kind of a unicorn. You've seen Georgia just blow TCU out. Those things happen every once in a while, but – they're just not going to happen anymore. It's going to become less and less because it's going to be a little more even because all the big teams are going to be playing each other. And these new schedules, we'll go through these schedules. Me and Dean will start breaking these schedules down here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, they have some tough schedules out there. So for them to be an undefeated team and go out and win that, uh, man, I mean, you, you have to be just not paying attention to college football at all. Um, 12 team playoff and the number 12 team is going to be like a group of five team like this year would have been Tulane, you know, so um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this new stuff. It's it's going to balance things more out as far as game wise but Coach Saban said back six or so years ago hey um, if this is what you want it's, it is definitely free agency um, at its finest. So what can you do about it? Well, you know, Saban was a, a, a great component of adapting. I mean, he, he definitely was one of the guys that adapted on the scene to, you know, go from the guy grappling about the fast offense to – adapting to a team that did run a fast-paced offense and run RPO. Um, he adapted his defensive players, like from the high towers, to know 
because back then you could change your guys out on from third and fourth downs and then it got to where you know they would hurry so fast you couldn't change your guys out only if they did so you had to keep people out there that on a second down that could play a third down and so those are things that Saban did in football that he he talked about and he adapted to it but this my point with that these type of things we're talking about the actual character of people actual live character of people and i'm telling you from what i was told he was very upset like these kids are not grading out to be all americans and it's like you're asking for you know all american money but you're a second team all american and some of these guys didn't even starter or you know they weren't even starters for alabama they're coming here asking this money well you know i can go get it over there and the right answer is just, well, I guess just go get it. You know, just go over there and get it. Because Alabama and Georgia, Kirby's the same way. He said he's been on record to say we're not going to pay kids a bunch of money to come over here. We believe that our brand is good enough. We don't have to pay you a lot of money because we are going to promote you in a way that just being here is going to have you up a level because they know that if you come from here that you're ready to play pro football. Come from – Alabama or Georgia is not like coming from Texas Tech, you know, or, or Oklahoma State. Not not a knock against them or their coaches, their system, but it's just different. You know, there's some that come through there once in a while, but it's supposed to just be different. And again, and a lot of people said right off the bat, well, Coach Saban left because of NILs and he, he left because of the transfer portal. He's always been in favor, and you have to listen close to what he says. I'm a psychology kind of guy, and he says, I'm in favor of the players getting paid. They don't, period. It's a comma or a semicolon, but we need guidelines. There's got to be some kind of rules. There's got to be something set up in parameters to keep it being equal for everybody. And you would think, well, why would Nick Saban say that? I mean, Alabama's the cream of the crop. They get everything. I mean, they always got the nicest stuff, and they win all these games, and they always, they're always they the team that gets the big bonuses at the end of the year from playing in title games or winning the title games. They've been pumping money in the SEC alone just for appearing in title games for years because I think he genuinely loves the game of football. He's been playing it, he said, since he was 12. He's 72. He's been playing football or coaching football, playing it up to college and then coaching it to stay around at the college another year so he could have a job because he, he wanted to make sure to impress Miss Terry's dad and to let him know he wasn't a bum, so he's staying around on campus to be a GA. Guys, he's been involved in football for 60 years. Plus, 60-plus years. You should realize stuff that he's been through and seen and changed. I think he has a good – heart for the game i really believe that and with all the second chances to give all these coaches and the thing we had talked about later earlier uh, about the shark circling the ship when the captain sails off in the wind it's happening and these guys that he brought in and give second chances to and helped them along and put them under his wing and taught them the game the right way and how to do things the right way and how you make relationships with kids now they don't care, and they're just eating the college alive. 
They smell blood and water, and they're after Alabama's players. And if Alabama really sucks, then why are you trying to come get their players? You know, because they wasn't good enough to get in the playoff. They should have never been in the playoff. They're terrible. But we'll take your players if you won't get rid of them. Yeah. Now you're hypocrites. All hypocrites and liars. Because that's how it is now. And there's no honor among thieves. Because if somebody will lie to you, they will steal from you. Remember that. So, you know, all these guys he's helped along, and they come back to do this. It's business. Oh, it's just business. That's fine. Now, as far as this, and I'll close out with this. Do we have a guess on next year of how Alabama will be or where they will place in the ACC West or the college football playoff in general? No, we don't. We can assume things by the ideas of the players that they have coming back, which is falling apart pretty pretty quick. And when you're losing captains of the ship on your defense, especially, Caleb Downs is a bad loss. You start to dribble to think, you know, ah, they'll still win eight or nine games. And let me tell you guys, um, I say it on here a lot. Um, if that's what it is and that's the best we can do, and all the players that play there at the university, they all go out and play their hardest and they give their best and the best they got is eight wins, I'm fine with it. If that's the best they really got, is that really all you got? But the coach has to figure out a way how to get the best out of them, and we don't know. So for low sports IQ people on Twitter posting things like, the boar's getting beat by freeze in his own state. He's not recruiting the state very well here. He's offering kids not in Alabama. Freeze is killing it. Do you really want to go back and look up Hugh Freeze's record? Do you really, I mean, just go back and look at it. We're not talking about his personal life and why he was run off. I'm talking about the games he's won and how many winning seasons has he had and what has he really ever done? Ever played for a title or you know, won a big national championship or, you know, no. So people that post those kind of things have low sports IQs, and I suggest don't follow those people. Guys, come by here on Sunday night. I'm going to tell you the truth. I ain't going to butter it up. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm a fan of Alabama, but I love the game. I'm going to tell you about Auburn football, and I'm telling you the truth. I'm not trying to predict the Iron Bowl, but – Auburn's added some good receivers. They got to find them a quarterback. If I was them, KJ Jefferson would have never got away from Arkansas. Now you got this kid coming from Washington that come from Mississippi State. Rodgers, there's a quarterback. Let's see if he can get him. So just don't pay attention to these people that are saying DeBoer is not recruiting his own state. Where's the top players at Bama? Go look up the Heisman winners. Go back and look from Devontae to Henry to Ingram. Well, we'll start with Ingram. I don't think he played in Alabama. I think he was from up north, and I'm pretty sure that he came to Alabama actually on a golf scholarship. Hmm. Trent Richardson's didn't win a Heisman, but those type of names. Julio Jones did, played in South Alabama. So just spend a little time and look in these people – don't hook on to these people that are saying things like that. 
because they're just trying to run down Alabama because blood is in the water and the fans of the other two are eager and happy to jump in and clap their hands real loud in your face because the way Bama's took care of business over the last years and years, you're going to have this coming. So you know what you do as a fan of the team, you just do nothing really because it really don't mean nothing because they'll always be behind. And they really know that. And there's really nothing they can do about it. But it is what it is. And and um, just be a fan for your team and, and let them clap and talk. And when the cleats hit the turf, we'll find out. And if they get out gutted and outplayed by Tennessee, Auburn, and Georgia, your real your real rivals, uh, Tennessee being the oldest, then you lose the game and you tip your hat and you know congratulate them. So I had to say that too. You know, don't pay attention to all the stuff. Um, and speaking of Auburn, Derek Nix to Auburn as the offensive coach from Ole Miss. He'd been there a couple of years, worked as a receiver coach. That's another thing. Um, if Freeze is supposed to be the big reason they wanted him there was because he's such an offensive guru, why is he letting Derek Nix call the plays? Um, I don't, you know, and and I don't the, the Cadillac stuff. We brought it up a little bit Sunday. Maybe they had to get rid of him. I don't know. There's just always a lot of problems down there. So when there's finally a feeling of a problem at Bama, fans of other schools, some, some few fans are going to say something. And that's fine. You know, it's all part of the rival, and and uh, it's what makes the game interesting, I guess. So um, let's look up here on the comment section, see who's on here. Dean says, I've had me going – he's had him going to Ohio State. That may just be a rumor. Yeah, I'm here in Georgia. He's going to go with uh, Coach T-Rob to Georgia. Mark Bailey, what's up, buddy? Traditions and heritage of a university means nothing to the majority of these kids anymore. It's just becoming semi-pro. Yeah. Uh, Downs will be with Kirby. I think so, Austin. Good to see you on here. Anthony, what's up? Nix is not – oh, he's not calling plays. Okay. Uh, correct me. I'm wrong. That's, that's what I read on um, – that was Auburn. Their Auburn page said Derek Nix to be the offensive coach from Ole Miss. So, Anthony knows. He keeps up with Auburn stuff very closely. He's a graduate from down there. He should – root for his team and he knows about them so he said he's not going to be calling plays okay i would hope i mean if if you hired freeze for this play calling then why don't you give you play calling away you know um yeah so i don't but and anthony is not one of those fans that's that was clapping and rolling tumors corner clapping in people's face you know you know when the team's down it bam down but guys it, Anybody that follows sports at all or has watched this game of football for close to 40 years as I have, when these type of coaches come in and out, it's this type of things are going to happen. You are going to have a big drop-off and a big changeover. Don't expect the board to come in and play for a title in two or three years. Just don't be foolish. That's crazy. And we're talking about Coach Freeze. Don't expect Auburn to go in and play for a national championship in two or three years. Guys, they won six games last year, as we predicted. I predict them to probably win eight next year. Okay? I Don't do that. It's just silly. It's just silly. And some silly fans expect them to, we're going, you know, 
going to win 11 games. Ole Miss may have a good shot at winning 10 or 11 games. Um, and LSU does too. Texas, uh, their schedule is not very bad. They got to probably have a pretty good shot at it. So does Georgia. Now, Missouri, I'm, a lot of people are kind of, they're kind of high on them from what they did last year. But they're losing a lot of pieces of that puzzle. They're losing a lot of pieces of that puzzle. So, you know, if they come back and win nine or so this year, that's a good season for Missouri. When is winning nine games bad? Anthony, please help me out. Well, I mean, what's wrong with having an eight, nine win season? You play your rivals. You swap back and forth every couple of years. If you dominate your rival, you know, you beat them probably three years out of five. That's kind of dominating your rival. Or if you beat them, yeah, I'd say three out of five years. So, um, it's so fast paced and it's so much money involved that you, you got to have this, you know, quick assurance right now that your program's back on top. You know, if Bama loses to Auburn next year, I see it firing. Ship is sunk. The ship has already been sailed off. I think after Saban won it in 2020, by 21 or so. There's no coaches anymore. They're all all his tree of coaches. You can't shake the tree, guys, but so much and all the leaves fall off. Same with when him and Belichick. They all worked under Parcel. And when you keep shaking that tree, uh, they all go away. Same way with Belichick. All the guys that's helped him up there at New England. Man, you keep shaking that tree. And he's got Coach Mayo up there coaching. You keep shaking that tree. There's no leaves on it anymore. They're all gone. And it's happened so fast, you never give a chance to to rebud, to have new leaves to come out. Um, they're just all these assistants and assistant defensive coaches and uh, graduate assistants and stuff, they're out there in the market. So, Bama fans, be realistic. And give the guy a time and don't be so down to think just because if he don't recruit his state that he's losing the recruiting battle because Alabama has been eighth in recruiting its own state. Eight. LSU and Georgia are above Alabama in recruiting their own state. Bama don't recruit the state of Alabama very heavily. They don't. Now, you see all the winning they've done. So you tell me where they're getting all these players from. <laughs> And the guys that do recruit the state very heavily, what are what's going on there? I'm just saying, pay attention to the small details. Now they got to, there has to be some consistency in a program, and um, Georgia's been on a good consistent prowl for a little while right now. They've had Kirby there for several years now. Lane Kiffin's digging in his heels there at Ole Miss, and I think he he's probably thought about leaving because he feels like he probably can't win one at Ole Miss. He just like you just can't get over that hump to, but with this twelve team playoff, I think he can. Uh, Coach Hopple at Tennessee, Coach Drink at Missouri, they've done a good job, and Stoops has been at Kentucky forever. Coach Billy at Florida, they got the worst schedule in the world. They're gonna be lucky to win six games, lucky. So all these teams, you got to let these coaches play out, and now it's even more pressure to be around the campus and to do the things that you're supposed to be doing all the time you're supposed to be doing it. And it's just not the same as it is for a 56-year-old, I guess, or say, per se, like Coach Smart 
and uh, Coach Freeze and Lane. All those guys are kind of close to the same age. Coach Heupel, Drinkowitz, all, they're all between 50 and 57, 52 and 57. I would bet on it. Billy, uh, Coach Beamer at South Carolina, all these guys are pretty young. You know, they're in their mid-50s. They're none of those guys are 60 years old. Um, so we're talking about guys that are not even 60, and you got a guy at 72. You have to move on. Okay. So if you're a fan, you're a fan. And win or lose, you just have to stay a fan. But this information that I'm giving you, I'll find out some more stuff as maybe as um, probably later on to the month. But this this is real talk. This is what the men talked about. Coach Saban was upset. He offered financial advice to the players. They come back after the game and wanted more money and did not want to pay their taxes because – and then they wanted answers about why they're going to have to give up their their people that they're helping. They're going to have to give up their Section 8 housing. Well, this is just the conversation that was taken. And they were told by these other schools – that they could make sure that they didn't have to pay that. They'll have to, the tax is going to be paid, but it ain't going to be by the players. It's going to be by the university. And Saban was PO'd. He don't like where it's going. He don't mind the kids being able to get allowed to have some money, but there has to be some kind of guidelines to it. Now I'm telling you, Caleb Downs, his, his mark is $750,000. You're going to buy a player. A freshman that didn't even make he didn't, he was an All American mention. I think he's great. Now I'm not trying to knock him, but wherever he goes, somebody's going to write a check for a million dollars. That's what it's going to cost to get a player. And Bama and Georgia and Florida and Auburn, we don't have that kind of money. There's I mean there's crazy amounts of money, but some things will have to be a little bit different, and some coaches will have to take some cuts. I guess. Um. Because you could, what if you didn't pay that seven hundred fifty? Well, you could get, you know, three two hundred fifty thousand dollars players. So is three like two three stars and a four star better than having a five star? You know, because what if he gets hurt? Uh, we got to talk about that. That's something to that bring up. Hey, well, okay, Downs, you're right. The money will be in your account in the morning. It's yours, buddy. You're you're seven hundred fifty thousand dollars richer. You can stay here at Alabama. Okay, he goes out game one against Western Kentucky. Boom. He gets hit by a guy coming across the middle, and he's trying to make a play on the ball. He blows his knee out. He's done. <laughs> That's terrible. Now, he's got his money. He's going to be okay financially. And they have insurance on the players, too. You know, bowl games, kids have insurance. Now, they're saying, we don't want to get hurt because it's going to, you know, could mess things up, mess up our money. Well, there's insurance. The players are insured in bowl games. <laughs> uh, let's see. Back to the comments here. Uh, Bama had the best coach ever. Yeah, yeah. No one ever come against that complaining that he died in nineteen three. Yeah, Bama won the ship nine years later. Fifteen of those, and the true he came along the way. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to be. Thank you for the. You're, you're right, Anthony. I'll put that up there. Other people read. He. It's a good statement. He's a, a smart guy. He. He's. Uh, he knows the game. Boosters want more than eight or yes. You're right. They want eight, more than eight or nine wins to settle in for mediocrity for too long. We want 2010. Yep. I I, I know. You're, you're correct, Anthony. He's saying that the boosters want more than – they don't want to win just eight or nine games. As a fan, I'm okay with that. Um, 
Bama fans are, are spoiled. Good to see you on Mr. Gary. Bama fans are spoiled. I can't lie. I'm spoiled also. And I, I like winning. Yes, of course. You know, you like winning. But um, Anthony says, you know, there at the end of that first one, you know, Bama will be back. Um, I, You know, I don't know. I mean, psychologically, you know, we can dial into this. Back to what? You know, I don't. I, and I mean, not just them, Anthony. I mean, how that played out there for those, that 10, 12-year span, 12-year span of either winning it or playing for it, I just I just don't see anybody doing it. I'm not knocking Alabama. I just don't see how any team can be, you know, prosperous that long and go on a run like that. Kids are just not going to be faithful to a cause to a process anymore of putting in the time that it takes to work and have chemistry with the team. And I mean, these, these receivers like, you know, IB, he's, he's earned chemistry with, with Melro. He might as well just walked up to Melro and slap him in the face, just walk up to him and slap his plate off in the floor and, and said a bunch of nasty stuff to him and walked out. And he's like, what do I do? I mean, there must be something else. I mean, how do you just, and that, that's how the bowl game stuff is. How do you just walk away from a player? Your, your buddies, I mean, you work with these guys. Um, Mark says, as much as it pains me to get the government involved into anything, there's going to have to be some kind of logical, some uh, legislation, yes, put into place, kind of like the Southern Capital NFL had. Yep. Uh, well, there's got to be a central board. There's going to have to be a central board of people that want the best for the kids. What's the best we can do? It's, it's, you're going to have to go to a contracts. It's just when you start involving money and, and people want stuff guaranteed, well, if I'm going to guarantee you money, then I won't guarantee me you're going to play. I'm going to give you a million dollars. You're playing every game. They know opt out with the bowl games or all that kind of stuff. So now you're going to have agents involved. And if we're going to have contracts now, as you come in as a freshman, now we're talking about mm, we're going to have him locked in on a three-year deal. He can't transfer. He can't get any more money. So now you're going to have people negotiating money uh, for, for college players. I would suggest a board people, which everybody knows who anybody, Anthony or, or Jerry or from Auburn, Alabama fans and Georgia. Saban would be the great guy to have on a board to be the head of the committee. And I would, why not add a wrinkle of a uh, Pete Carroll? Why not add a wrinkle of him, a West Coast guy that won all those, you know, championships and coached all those kids at, at USC, been to the pros, won a Super Bowl. He knows the ins and outs of all of it, done it, lived it, won it. Um, Belichick may be going the Cowboys. I've seen that somewhere. I don't know if that's true, but he would be another good mind to, to be on a table. And we could name off other people, good old retired guys that have, you know, still have some recollection of some old school mentality like Lou Holtz. We don't see Lou anymore. Um, he's, you know, uh, health wise, he's old, man. Lou's, he's got to be, he's got to be in his 80s. So, 
you know, they're going to have to get aboard, like Mark said. There's got to be something. I don't want the government involved in it. They're, they're not going to. They're not going to do nothing but mess it up. They they mess everything up, because then the reason it's messed up with them is because then they're involved, and they, then their hand is in the jar, and they're going to they're going to gain something from it. So now we're talking about government officials scraping money away from players. Well, now politics is going to get involved in. It. So now we're politicking and campaigning for players, um, you know, or like or like are players going to start wearing like. Uh, NASCAR jackets. Is there jerseys that are going to have um, Exxon Mobil badges on them or Pfizer? Because that's how, I mean, uh, the NBA's already got jerseys that some of them's got, you know, you know, companies on them. I don't mean Under Armour or Nike or Adidas. I mean, companies. All right, guys, that's a lot to think about. So, anyway, I just kind of had to drop in here state of emergency warning. It's the Wild West. This is how it's going to be. Cool out with you coaches from, you know, Coach Freeze to Coach Hopple and Kiffin and Kirby and Coach DeBoer. Give the guy a shot. Coach DeBoer's won. He is a winner. And and will they, you know, be back and, and be in the national title hunt? I don't think so. I not not – I just don't – We'll have to see. I mean, I, I'm just supposing by, you know, from what I'm seeing right now, no, not next year for sure. Um, they're going to be lucky to win some of their conference games with the with the players that they have. They're going to be young. Now, they're going to be good. But, man, they're still going to be young again. You know, they're going to have a quarterback that's got a group. The offensive coach is great. And Coach DeBoer, if they help Miro figure out his middle game, Alabama will be dangerous. Um, and they're always good on defense. They're go, they're going to lay out a, a top ten defensive team. Uh, most teams ain't going to put five hundred yards on Bama, like Trevor Lawrence. But uh, it's different, man. You're talking about NFL players all over the field on those teams. We're just talking about teams here that they're playing: LSU's, Tennessee's, Auburn's, um, Ole Miss. We don't play Mississippi State this year. Kind of interesting. Thought that's pretty pretty strange. But anyway, so that's that's the news. Saban was not happy, and he don't like it, and he can say he likes the kids getting paid, and I think he does, but what the the way they all run back to him with that, they come back to him with that, and it was told to the person I was told he was not happy at all about it. I don't blame him. So we'll see who else falls out or who else comes. Here's another bad thing. Because you lose your coach, it's like it's open market, you know, to go grab players from Bama. But they got to wait thirty days. I think that's how it went. They have, but they have to wait. So they can't go out and get kids. Like kids have to just come in on their own. Or I, I don't. That don't sound right to me. I don't. I don't see how that's. I wouldn't want to do any team. I don't think that I, I hate Notre Dame. They shouldn't do Notre Dame that way. Just because they lost their coach, like when Brian Kelly left, well, they people just come in, and get all their kids, and they don't even have the opportunity to to go out and replace the ones they're losing. Bama's lost five starters. You got a lineman gone, you got a running back gone, a receiver, and two two uh, starting D backs, Downs and Amos. So, and then you can't replace them. That's more of that NCAA stuff, man. I just I can't 
I can't deal with it. All right. Thank you guys for coming by. Locker room special. Man, I love all you guys very much. Appreciate you so much. Um, have a great day. Work tomorrow if you're around here or I know about where some everybody is. Man, it's going to be cold next day or two. But hang on. If you're a warm weather guy like me, we're going to have 50s Sunday. And then by Monday and then the next week, we're going to get back to normal for me. Let's get into some 60s. All right. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you Sunday night, 6 o'clock.